Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment. This is the Award Circuit Podcast. That to me in 1985, I remember what it was like. There was so much homophobia, so much fear. The politicians aren't talking about the AIDS epidemic and what she did by bringing him onto her show and reminding Christians what it means to be Christian. I think it's so monumental and it needed to be celebrated. Jessica Chastain plays Tammy Faye Baker in the film, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. But it's important to note that although the televangelist became a punchline, that movie reminds us there was much more deeper person beneath all that mascara. I'm Clayton Davis. On this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, Jessica Chastain is here to talk about her Oscar-nominated turn in the eyes of Tammy Faye. We also discuss how Oscar campaigns have changed in the post-Harvey Weinstein era. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Directed by Michael Showalter and based on the true story of the infamous 1980s televangelist, The Eyes of Tammy Faye details the rise, fall, and redemption of Jimmy and Tammy Faye Baker. The Bakers went from humble beginnings to creating the world's largest religious broadcasting network. The couple soon soared to fame for their teachings about love and acceptance, but it all came tumbling down when their many secrets were exposed. Andrew Garfield and Jessica Chastain play Jim and Tammy Faye. Their brightly colored world begins to go south when financial improprieties, a sex scandal, and rivals break up their marriage and their empire. But before all that, Tammy Faye believed in her mission, and that included a 1985 interview on the PTL Club with Steve Peters, a gay minister who was diagnosed with HIV. The film recreates that moment. You know... Thank God for a mom and dad who will stand with a young person. I think that's so important because no matter what happens to a young person in their lives, they're still your boy. They're still your girl, no matter what happens in their life. And I think it's very important that we as mom and dads love through anything. And that's the way with Jesus, you know. Jesus loves us through anything. Jesus loves me just the way I am. Jesus loves the way that I love. And have you found it to be true that people want to stay away and that they're afraid to be in the same room as you and breathe the same air that you breathe? Yes, Timmy. And how sad is that? That we as Christians who are supposed to love everyone are afraid so badly of an AIDS patient that we will not go up to them and put our arm around them and tell them that we care. Jessica Chastain's previous Oscar nominations came in supporting actress for The Help in 2011 and lead actress for Zero Dark Thirty in 2012. She also serves as one of the producers for The Eyes of Tammy Faye along with Kelly Carmichael, Gigi Pritzer, and Rachel Shane. 
Her campy, fun-loving turn could appeal to those Academy members who tend to fall for bombastic and transformative performances. I recently spoke with Chastain about her latest Oscar nomination, and we get into the Oscar politics, including the impact that a film mogul she rather not reference by name, a.k.a. Disgrace Weinstein Company boss Harvey Weinstein had on the biz, as well as this new era of Oscar campaigning that goes beyond him. But we began by discussing, since she's been in this spot before, what it feels like to now have a third shot at Oscar love. It was really exciting the first time, but, you know, because it was like, just like, so like, what is this world? But then having worked for the past 10 years and having gotten the rights to this film again, like during the Zero Dark 30 press tour, it kind of feels really emotional and really like full circle. My career, I might, I've had a career for 10 years and and so, yeah, it's it's this one was shockingly more emotional and um, stunning than I had anticipated. And already it's emotional and, and, and uh, stunning. So it's it means a lot to me this time. That's awesome. Um, so, let, let, I mean, you've talked a lot of, about the film and getting the rights and knowing or seeing Tammy Faye on, on television growing up and obviously then. Um, her documentary um but what about her as a person on a not even as an actor on a, on a on a human level did you, were you most attracted to in uh in conveying i love um her desire to she heals herself uh through healing others and i loved it was like it was healing bomb for me after i just on zero dark 30 which was a movie all about revenge and about like an eye for an eye and, you know, when you talked about like the past 10 years feeling like 30 years, it's been rough out there. You know, the whole thing, the pol- everything going on in politics, it's this state against this state or this person against this person and vaccine against no vaccine. It's like, it's a constant <laughs> fight, right? And she's someone who really uh, didn't care to exclude anyone. She always wanted to reach across a boundary, an aisle, and to love someone, Um even if they loved differently than she loved or they believed differently than she loved, she uh, believed in uh, unconditional love and loving without judgment. And the Steve Peters interview for me, that to me in 1985, I remember what it was like. There was so much homophobia, so much fear, politics, the politicians aren't talking about the AIDS epidemic and what she did by bringing him onto her show and reminding Christians what it means to be Christian. I think it's so monumental and it needed needed to be celebrated. That's awesome. Um, when did you, uh, you, you, when you filmed, I'm sorry, when you were shooting the movie, which again, probably uh, feels like so long ago, and then getting to uh, Toronto Film Festival where it premiered, that journey to like get it out there and you know, you've really taken the helm as a producer now and, and really say taking the the driver's seat of your own destiny in Hollywood, which is not always a given for a lot of people uh, that get to do. How, what was that journey like to get to the, to this point, to get it out there in the world? It was really difficult. I, you know, I didn't have a production company when I saw the documentary and I thought, Ooh, this is an important story to tell because it's so different than our tabloidy gossip, cynical society. Like what if we, actually go against that how exciting would that be to put something out there that's like earnestly about love (laughs) um and 
you know, I called Rachel Shane, who's a producer I worked with on Lawless. We partnered. Um, we hired Abe Sylvia, um, who wrote the script. Uh, by by the time we had a script, uh, I had hired Kelly Carmichael as a, my producing partner. We sent it to Searchlight. They were the only ones we sent it to, David Greenbaum. And they said, let's make it. But this is, I mean, I had two hats on. I had the producer hat, which like, let's get it made. And then the actor hat was like, not yet. Like, give me, this character is so different than what I've played before. She's so, she speaks differently, you know, her pitch, her, the singing, the, there's so much about her that is not how I carry myself in the world. I needed, I just wanted more time. So it was like two battling things inside me. I know, did, did you, did you, was there ever a, a moment during that process where you thought we're going to make it, but I won't play her? No. No. I always thought I would play her because I had invested so much time in studying her. <laughs> yeah. But I definitely got to the process of like where Searchlight went to time. They were like, okay, well, if we don't get this, you know, we were, it was like negotiation contract stuff. Yeah. And normally it's like, okay, we're going to cancel the pre-records. And normally you're like, okay, okay, let's work it out. I was like, okay, cancel them. Because <laughs> I was so scared to show up and sing and to do all of this stuff. And, I mean, the reality is she's a real person that I'm playing through like 30 years and she changes a lot over those 30 years. And thank goodness I had, you know, a lot of video of her and I could listen to her and I could read her books. But that's a lot of studying when you're playing. It's not like I'm creating this character out of the ether. She's on YouTube. People can check my homework. And so I needed as much time as I could to try to figure out what that journey was for her. Oh, that's awesome. Um, let's talk about uh, Andrew Garfield. You know your yeah. that, that that troublemaking cult co-star of yours. <laughs> um, getting him into this role, and he's so good in it. Like it's I, I know. in a way that's even surprising uh, for him because I you know I look at him and I'm just like yeah, this is not gonna like you know like it's all about Tammy Baker, but what like he really steps into it in a really profound way. Uh, and you've had some really great uh, on-screen husbands over the years, Oscar <laughs> Isaac, and wives. Uh, oh, and wives as well. Yes, you can't leave them. Can't leave them off. My but, gal. Uh, what, what, how did Andrew differ in that? In that uh, working with him this time? Well, it was we were partners, uh, and in some sense, it kind of like mimicked the uh, relationship between Tammy and Jim because it was quite codependent. <laughs> and so immediately I felt really codependent. Like I felt like he is, he is a very similar way of working that I do. He's obsessive about the work and about the research. He's not going to just show up and like wing it. He really prepares. We would go to church every Sunday together to Heritage USA, which is the place that, um, you know, Jim and Tammy built. It, it, we filmed right there. So we, we would go to the service you know, we would watch videos. We sat in that makeup trailer for so long. We were constantly talking about the characters in the characters' voices. So it really felt like the performances were so tightly knit together. Oh, wow. So um, when you, what was that like going to the churches and stuff? Because I know, because as we see in the movie, uh, the people that surrounded Tammy weren't as open as she was and tend to that that's still the thing today uh so how was yeah. that like well I was to be honest I was scared and I approached it with a sense of like okay 
when they see me show up, are they going to be like, oh, here comes Hollywood elite. Here mm-hmm. comes, you know, like all like the labels that have been put on yeah. uh, all of us. And, you know, oh, a liberal or whatever they were going to, I was just like, am I going to show up and they're going to be rude to me? And I'll tell you, it was the opposite. It could not have been more of a loving situation to be in. We, we got there and we immediately recognized someone from like a Dateline interview. And Andrew and I went to this person and we said, hey, we're playing Jim and Tammy. We know you worked with them. Can we talk to you? And he was kind of gruff and he's like, follow me. And he took us behind and we're like, oh, we're in trouble. We should have just like <laughs> stayed quiet, just sat and like, and he takes us into this room and there's these other people there and then they're whispering to each other. And then he looks at Andrew and he goes, are you Spider-Man? <laughs> like that. Yes. And I was like, we're in, we're golden now because Spider-Man got us through the door. And I'll tell you every week, people knew who we were. They were so lovely to us. I think they also understood it was, and I, I was very clear. I said, it is not my intention to make a film that makes fun of people. Yeah. I, that's not who I am. I'm not a person who's going to like profit off of tabloid or gossip or trauma. I'm not going to profit off of someone's religious beliefs. I'm not going to like be like, oh, I'm so cool and you're not. That's just not me at all. And that's not the reason I wanted to make this film. And they trusted us and we loved them and we felt so included. And if anything, it like it definitely filled us up with love to start our work week. So I have to ask this now because you put it out there because I've been making fun of Andrew a lot because I think he's a terrible liar. And uh, <laughs> I, I was speaking to Lin-Manuel Miranda just last week. He was, uh, he was our guest on the podcast. And he said he tried, you know, he tried the lie on him and, he's, and he was terrible at it. And he saw him get better over time. So did you see Andrew get into it or was he always pretty bad on it? You know, your side. You mean lying? About Spider-Man. Oh, oh, you mean about playing Spider-Man? I never asked him. <laughs> mm. I mean, I am so not a part of that world. I found out afterwards, probably we're doing press for, for this, that there was like he, people were thinking, speculating he was Spider-Man or not, like in the recent one. Um, so when they asked him, are you Spider-Man at the church? It was more of like, did you play Spider-Man? Oh, movie? God. It wasn't like, are you doing it now? But God. no, I never actually saw, here's the thing. He may be an amazing liar now because in my recollection, I've never seen him lie. Ah, nice. There you go. Who knows? He could be a genius. He could be. Um, (laughs) That's nice. All right. So I want to do a little bit of a a reflection looking back at the last uh, decade of of your career. Um, Because I become so obsessed with uh, Oscars and awards in terms of like just people getting their notoriety. I always call your first nomination a miracle. Because not because it's not <laughs> not because it's unwarranted. I love the nomination. You had six movies, seven movies that year. Yeah. Like n- no one, like when people had two movies, we're like, oh, they can't choose between the two. And you had that many. Um, that year, do you remember just running all over the place of like trying to promote as well as like you know just you know taking the notoriety that you were gonna maybe be an Oscar nominee eventually? Yeah, I was just stoked, man. I mean, I made Tree of Life four years earlier. I, you know, Salome was even before that. So, and then The Debt and Take Shelter. And The Help was, I think, one of the most recent ones I had made. 
So the fact that all of these films were coming out in 2011, I was stoked. I was going to every uh, film festival, which was super exciting. I got to wear yeah. like beautiful gowns. People are doing my makeup. Actors like Gary Oldman are walking up to me on the red carpet. It literally, I couldn't think about what's happening tomorrow because I was so out of my mind with excitement. It, I, I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be in this industry since I knew it was a real thing. Like it was something you could do for a job. And so the idea that now my movies were coming out and I was getting opportunities that I was getting, Catherine Bigelow cold calling me saying like, I want you to do Zero Dark Thirty. I mean, it really, it was like the the difference between my life in 2010 to 2011 was monumental and it was super exciting. And I think that's what gave me more energy than like you think would be humanly possible. I wasn't in a relationship and I didn't, I didn't have like a family in terms of like kids or anything. So I like didn't sleep at all and i was all the happy for it i was like yeah. i don't care i don't need sleep <laughs> uh do you know uh, one, one of the fun facts that like goes around on the internet is uh all the women from the help like nearly everyone has an oscar nomination we just need to get bryce dallas howard one and almost <laughs> everyone has an oscar from the help of the women we just need you bryce dallas uh to nab it so we're working the help women are wow. are running hollywood it's an ongoing uh Thing we like to well what's exciting is that ensemble won the sag award for ensemble so it really was i mean it was an amazing group of people and not only great actors but just really good humans yeah. and we had a great time on that one so my favorite wins that's great uh zero dark 30 uh you've got your first lead nomination uh for that and again was really Running so much of a favor that year, and then was zero, we call it the Zero Dark Thirty backlash. And I'm putting this in air quotes of uh, yeah. backlash of you know what it was depicting and all that. And, and I remember so many uh, producers talking to me after the ceremony and saying that they called Catherine to apologize for like giving into the whole hoopla of it that you know they just got caught up in the moment do you remember uh any of that like just chatter during that time <laughs> yes, I do. oh yes i do <laughs> i remember listen there he who shall not be named mm-hmm. really changed award season and we all know that like this yeah. idea like the whole kind of campaigning thing also i remember that time it being a situation of i don't see it nowadays like i saw it when I first came onto the scene, it was like, if a film had a lot of attention in the very beginning, all of a sudden there'd be all these negative articles about it. Mm. I believe he shall not be named, who shall not be named is is the instigator of that kind of, um, uh, I don't know, campaigning. And I feel like, thank goodness our industry is moving to a more healthy environment and uh, we're more we're now celebratory of of everyone and we're not trying to knock someone down because they're competition like uh, that to me i find is so disgusting and that was a difficult part about entering our industry is it felt really negative in that aspect but again we are where we have now moved to a, a much happier place after the break more from jessica chastain from Los Angeles, this is the Variety Award Circuit Podcast.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, and I'm Clayton Davis. We're chatting with Oscar nominee Jessica Chastain about the eyes of Tammy Faye. Chastain disappears into the role, funny, clever, and vibrantly rich. It's a very crazy Oscar year. There's there's a shot of you being on stage. SAG Awards are coming up. Uh, You know, your, your peers are there. What? And I always tell people, it's not a bad thing for someone to want to be seen to get notoriety we all have held the shampoo bottle in the shower <laughs> and have given our our fake oscar speech what does that what would that mean for you like just as a as your dream coming true as someone who wanted to act when they were young got to go to juilliard and is now here uh well i mean to be acknowledged for any i guess in any industry right if you work really, really hard, it's good to be acknowledged for it. And um, our industry is a is complicated in that, you know, people are shocked sometimes. It's it's a dream come true, and it's the I would never um, want to do anything else. And I every day I'm on set, I'm just like this is magical. But we spend a lot of time away from our families. We spend a lot of time, you know, it's like 16 hour days. And, um, you know, there is a lot of work that goes into it. And also for me, when I'm playing a character, there's a bit of a blend. You know, I'm what am I taking home with me? When I was doing Zero Dark Thirty, I had like the pictures of the most wanted terrorists all over my hotel room. I mean, I went to a really dark place. When you're um, creating something, you give so much, at least I, I give so much to what I'm doing. And so to have someone or colleagues, um, say, Hey, we acknowledge that we see that. And also to see, to acknowledge Tammy Faye, um, you know, having this nomination means more people are going to see the movie. Her daughter was texting me right, right afterwards when the nominations came out and she completely made me like cry because she said, wow. you know, mother would be so happy right now. Like she would be the one out there celebrating the largest of all. This would mean so much to her. And that to me was like, like after this journey of 10 years, putting this whole thing together to hear that from the kids was really. Oh, that's awesome. All right. uh, Two last things Uh, looking to the future. We always want to know what uh, Jessica Chastain is doing next. Um, First of all, now that I know you can sing like really well, now (laughs) you shouldn't have done it because now I know. Do you want to do a musical? Because then, because your co-star did one this year. <laughs> so do you, any desire? Oh, right. Well, I'm doing one right now. Is I'm that, doing uh, um, George Jones and Tammy Wynette. Nice. Uh, series. A mini musical. So Mike Shannon and I have, we have 30 songs we're singing. Whoever thought Maybe. I would be the one singing Stand By Your Man, but guess that's in my future. Um <laughs> No, we've been working on the music since um, March together, and I'm currently filming it. I, you know, fly home on the weekends when I can, uh, and it's it's pretty intense. 
but it's good. I'm really excited for people to see it because I think it's a beautiful, beautiful story. And he's amazing. Awesome. What can you tell me about uh, the good nurse? So I play um, this nurse, Amy, who um, was able to get Charlie Cullen to um, admit to what he had been doing. So basically there was a serial killer uh, in New Jersey who, who they, it's based on the novel, The Good Nurse. They estimated he killed over 300 um, people uh, in the hospital systems and he kept getting transferred around. And this woman who was a colleague was able to actually um, stop it. So I play her on this amazing true story. And um, Eddie Redmayne plays Charlie and Tobias Lindholm, who I'm obsessed with. Awesome. That's amazing. And then uh, lastly, I like to do a little game of either or. Uh, you've worked with a lot of great people in the past. So I'm just going to give you kind oh, of... Oh, a... you're going to get me in trouble with this uh, game. It, it just, I it, can it, tell. So here, you know, we, we've done Either it. or with co-stars? Oh, or directors. So we just give you the two movies. No, no, we're not, we're not going to have you pick between two actors, like projects okay, okay. that they've worked on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, and I always give this this uh, this gift to you. Know that this it doesn't have to be your final answer. That I'm getting you off the cuff, <laughs> and you can change your mind in the future. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Aaron Sorkin. All right. So you've worked at Aaron Sorkin before. So a few good men, or. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, we're doing you know, their actual projects, okay. not like actually between people. <laughs> yeah, uh, a few good men or the American president. Oh, they're so good. I would say a few good men mm. because I know he was an usher uh, on Broadway and he was writing the play "A Few Good Men" on the cocktail napkins, and I was like, "That story is so good." I just thought that's amazing. All right. Uh, Viola Davis, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, or Fences? I mean, everything. <laughs> God, I love her, Ma Rainey. I love her in Fences. I love her in Fences so much. I'd say Fences, but I love her. Both are amazing. Nice, nice. Uh, you've worked with Michael Stuhlbarg, who is uh -huh. the best. Uh, a, uh -huh. seri a Serious Man, or Call Me By Your Name? Call me by your name. That scene at the end. Oh God, I just wanted him to be my dad. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Guillermo del Toro. The Shape of Water or Nightmare Alley. Shape of Water. I love a love story. And also I love an interspecies story. <laughs> and my favorite people are, I mean, listen, I love my favorite people are in Nightmare Alley also, but Octavia's like my gal. Yeah. And Mike Shannon. And like, and they're all like, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, James McAvoy, you know him, another Love troublemaker. Him. Uh, atonement or atonement. whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> atonement. He is so gorgeous in that movie. I mean, I don't know what else you're going to say, but atonement. I mean, I just saw recently a picture of him in the, in like the suit, and I was like, James McAvoy. I was actually going to say the last king of Scotland, but I guess it doesn't matter. No, right, we're doesn't good. Doesn't matter. Atonement. There's we're like good. it hardly gets better than that. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, Terrence Malick movies, right? Okay. Ooh, this is Bad rough. Huh? Oh, Badlands or The Thin Red Line. Ooh, 
That hurts. The Thin Red Line, because I think it's the best movie about war ever made. Ooh, high praise coming from you. I like it. All right, two more. Ray Fines, working with him again on The Forgiven, right? Yes, love him. My my work husband. Yeah. Uh, Schindler's List or The Grand Budapest Hotel. Schindler's List. Oh, wait. Ooh. Oh, wait. Ooh, said it too it's, quick, see? I know. Here's the thing. Because Rafe is quite funny. So the Grand Budapest Hotel, you're like, oh, that's right. He's super funny in real life. However, Schindler's List, I have to say Schindler's List. Because when I first saw it, I was I was so moved by the opposites that he could play. I mean, he was the most disgusting human being in this film. But he was a lovesick puppy at the same time. And I was like, how do you play those two things at once? So I'm going to say Schindler's List because it changed my views on acting. Nice. And uh, last one, it's actually kind of a, a kind of the same thing again. Your I call him your um, your acting soulmate, Oscar Isaac. <laughs> you guys have just done the best stuff together. So, oh, yeah, thank you, just, honey. You guys just need to just keep doing stuff together. So, you, so ex machina or inside Lewin Davis. There's a dancing Oscar Isaac and a singing. I know the dancing, this whole thing in like, I think inside Lewin Davis, because we had dinner at a Thai restaurant in New York City before his audition for that. And he showed me his audition on his phone. And I said, You're going to get this part. And that part kind of that changed his life. So that that one. I like that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, actually, just what, what a question about because uh, I refer to him as your uh, as your acting soulmate because there is like I love that some some actors just work beautifully together and you guys have like there's a friendship there and there's also like just this understanding of the craft and a love for the craft. Is that where that comes from? Like, I mean, is, is there anyone else like that that you have a, a friendship with in Hollywood or in the business rather? Well, he's the one I have the oldest friendship with because he, we went to college together. So we were babies and I saw him because he was really good friends with my boyfriend in college. So I saw a side of him that probably most girls didn't see because <laughs> we were never going to be anything yeah. but friends. So I, I like really know him very, very well. Uh, and he knows me very, very well. And so I think when you know someone that well, you can read their minds. Yeah. And when you, and we're, and we have a very similar way of working. Other actors that I have that with, like usually there's it's time and it's history. Shocking, like Mike Shannon, I have that with. We've known each other for twelve years. Yeah. We're working on our second project now, and we've done Take Shelter together. And it's like kind of like right back in it. I know I can see him, and I I kind of feel like what he's thinking. I have that with someone who I haven't worked with really yet i mean i've worked with him a little bit but not like on something major and and we have to find something i have it with jeremy strong because i met jeremy and we became friends right out of college and um he has a he i love the way he works he's also has a very obsessive quality to him and um he loves the process so i do james mcavoy like i do (laughs) have usually it's the people that i have a relationship with offset like Octavia, I would have that with. We when we met, Octavia and I met for the help at the audition. I was like, I love you. And there's those actors that you just 
have a chemistry with and you love them even separate from the work, mm-hmm. it makes the work so much better because you fear, I feel like I can be completely open and I trust them not to hurt me, not to take advantage of my openness. Oh, that's, that's sweet. Oh, <laughs> I, like that. I like that. Oh, I, I, I'm going to say that. Yeah. Oscar Isaac. I feel that same way about him too. It's like, he's not going to hurt me. I'm, I'm going I'm to roll with that one for a little bit. Exactly. You, he won't. You can be, you're safe. That's true. I'm safe with him. I like that. He's not safe <laughs> with my wife though. So I need to say that right now. He's oh, not, really? My wife is not allowed to be with him at all. Like none. No, can't, can't have it. I don't trust really? her. I don't trust her. Nope. You don't trust her because she's a big Oscar Isaac fan. Interesting. But the other guys, she's she's allowed to be around. Uh, it just yeah, no, I just can't, I can't risk it. No, I, I just can't, I just can't <laughs> risk it. That's just it's the way it is. Well, so. that's probably a wise choice. Yeah, but Listen, I don't loves- think I, 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 not that he's any competition for you, no, obviously. Obviously, yes. But like, no one wants to hang out with Oscar Isaac, so just you know, hey, yeah, he just she doesn't I mean, need to be around him. Metal Gear Solid, like he's not doing it, like Dune and all that. He's just like <laughs> other guy. So I guess you're going. So obviously, I'm going to hopefully see you at the Oscars. Um, do you feel oh, just like to wrap it up? Uh, hope to see you there. How do you feel about the whole vaccinations for nominees, but not for presenters and performers? Do you wish that everyone would just be vaccinated to go to the Oscars? I didn't even know that was a thing. I oh, honestly, I, you're t- you're educating me. Breaking right now. news. What, so, yeah. So, what's happening? <laughs> So uh, nominees and nominees and guests that are sitting in the audience have to be vaccinated, but presenters and performers don't have to be. Because they don't sit in the audience. That's what we I uh, mean, it may, to me, yeah. I can understand if if someone is six feet apart from everyone else. Yeah. If you're sitting next to people. I mean, I don't know. Are we wearing are we wearing masks in the audience? I, I still don't know what the rules are. Yeah, that, that, it's very unclear. Uh, like I know, I think if you're sitting on the on the orchestra level, I don't think you're gonna have to wear a mask, but you'll be separated. But if you're sitting upstairs, those are gonna be packed, and you'll have to wear a mask upstairs. But that would probably be for like mm. press and you know everyone else like that. The others, me, you know, <laughs> not the Jessica Chastain's <laughs> of the world. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, yeah, I, I, you, during this whole pandemic, I don't know if you were in New York or if you were in. I, I, was, I was, I was, yeah, I was in New York during the, the height of it. Yes. Yeah. So I was with my grandma and I remember just how scary it was to try to keep her safe. And mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of empathy um, for those in our society who are, you know, have immunity issues. Um, and you know, I hope everyone's doing everything they can to get vaccinated and to be safe because we really, again, I hope we're doing everything we can to protect everyone in our society. I've gotten boosted. I'm ready for my next one. Shoot in my eye. I don't care. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm happy to do my part to keep everyone safe. That's Oscar-nominated Jessica Chastain, star of The Eyes of Tammy Faye. The film is distributed by Searchlight Pictures, and it's currently streaming on HBO Max. And that's it for this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. 
The Award Circuit Podcast is edited by Drew Griffith and Michael Schneider's producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Oscar predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. Until next time, for Jazz Tanke, Janelle Riley, and Michael Schneider, I'm Clayton Davis. We'll see you on the circuit.